Welcome to another episode of Pimp Your Brilliance with Monique Malcolm, a podcast about brilliant people leveraging their passions to create their own opportunities. I aim to show you what's really possible when you shut down the course of fear and lean into your genius zone. You can learn more about this show and subscribe for updates by visiting keepchasingthestars.com backslash podcast or come hang out with me on Instagram at starchasersonly. Are you ready? Let's do this. Hey, Star Chasers, welcome to episode number six. If you're looking for more information about this episode or further show details, you can find them at keepchasingthestars.com backslash six. Today's interview is with Alicia Robertson of thealicianicole.com. I love Alicia. She's such a nice person. She's really fun to chat with. In a lot of ways, she's a woman after my own heart. We have so many similarities and common interests when it comes to how we run our business and what our business goals are. So if you're not familiar with Alicia, Alicia Robertson is a clarity coach dedicated to helping creative women create their life and business on purpose. She's the self-published author behind The Blogpreneur, which is a step-by-step guide to showing bloggers how to turn their online space into a profitable business. Alicia empowers women to uncover their voice, ditch fear, gain clarity, and begin making money doing what they love. So as I mentioned before, she's definitely a woman after my own heart. We have many common interests. So if you are looking for inspiration to kick the fear, to self-publish, then this is definitely the episode for you. So grab your pen and take some notes. Hey, Alicia, welcome to the show. Hey, thank you for having me. I'm super excited to have you um, because I know you have really smart, intelligent things to share. And I love what you're doing and the the shift that you're making with your brand. So I'm really, really excited to kind of dive into some of those things that you have going on. But before we do any of that, I love for my guests to give a bit of their background, kind of tell people who you are, what you do. Okay, I'll make sure I give like the abbreviated version so I'm not boring people. (laughs) But um, I'm Alicia. Um, I am the brains behind thealicianicole.com. I am a creative business coach. I am an author. And what I do is I help creative women basically just gain clarity. Um, I help them ditch fear around starting their business and really just show them step by step how to make money doing what they love. Um, my story is a little bit all over the place as to how I got to this point. Um, my very first kind of leap into entrepreneurship was through, uh, creating and selling jewelry and I sold it online. Um, and at that time I kind of used the Alicia Nicole more as like a online journal because I had no clue how to run a business, uh, I sucked at it, to say the least, Um, but I I learned a lot from that business. So I was constantly Googling, constantly finding like free resources. Um, I stayed in the library because I couldn't afford books. So I stayed renting books from the library, Um, anything I could get my hands on as far as running a online business, essentially. Um, So the more I started sharing my journey on the Alicia Nicole about running that business, the more questions I started to get from other creatives who were like, oh, wow, you know, you're actually out here, you know, doing this, you're doing what you love. Could you give me more advice? So it was kind of like a, as I learned, 
I shared what I learned with my audience type of thing. Um, and I, I just kept getting a lot more questions, a lot more people coming to me saying, you know, I really want to start this thing, but I have no clue how. So eventually the Alicia Nicole went from just me rambling about my beads not coming in on time and my trips to Target and the people I ran into in like Hobby Lobby to me actually providing actionable advice on how to start a business, how to grow a business. Um, and that actually led me into eventually too, after I got, you know, a lot more experience under my belt to offering one-on-one coaching services to other creative entrepreneurs, um, also creating, you know, different workshops and like physical products um, around the art of blogging, blogging as a business and just simply making money doing something that you're passionate about. So that's like the super abbreviated version. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, you talk about uh, you hit a lot of different things. So how you started e-commerce um, shop first and then you transitioned to coaching services and teaching but what type of um, work did you do prior to starting your business? Yeah, so I was one of those, I just got out of college, please just give me a job doing anything type of people. <laughs> <laughs> so I didn't have like an actual career like you would expect most college graduates to have. But um, right during the time when I first started my jewelry business, I was working in a call center for a medical company. So I was basically just like customer service and, you know, helping people pay their medical bills and making sure their insurance was filed. Like it it was an easy job, but it was probably one of the most depressing jobs I've probably ever had. Like it, it was like it was easy, but, you know, you're having to listen to people who family members just passed from like this illness and they're trying to figure out how to pay their bills and getting cursed out because people are like, I don't owe this. So while it was an easy job and it, it paid okay, it was like a heavy job. So that's what I was doing before I was like, you know what? I can't do this anymore. I, and you know what? I think so many of us have had jobs like that. Um, my first job out of college I was an insurance adjuster, and mm-hmm. I just did not like that job. Uh, it wasn't a good situation for me. It gave me nightmares, and oh, gosh. It, it wasn't hard to decide to kind of become an entrepreneur and take that, that leap. But when did you know? Like, how did you know that it was time for you to take the leap from working mm-hmm. at the call center to doing your own thing? Yeah, so I had a full-on panic attack <laughs> at work. So... um I'm sitting on the phone talking to like this patient, I think her her mom or something. And they were basically trying to dispute a bill that they owed, which, okay, I can help you with that. But they, instead of just talking to me like a normal person, of course, they're like, irate. This woman is calling me all out my name, like all type of like racial slurs, like as disrespectful as you can think, this is how this woman was being. And like, I had been feeling like, okay, this is not for me. Like it was like slowly building up to that point, but I kept ignoring it because, you know, I needed a job. I couldn't just sit at my mom's house and not do anything. So it kept building up, building up. And this one particular situation just happened to be the situation that sent me over edge. Like she ended up calling me like the B word, I think it was. And I just remember like 
my heart started racing like extremely fast. I felt like I was going to burst out in tears. So I hung up on a lady. Um, I ran to the bathroom and like locked myself in a stall and just cried. I'm talking like ugly cry. You know how you cry and you can't catch your breath when you're trying to talk type of cry. Like that was me. And I'm on the, like I called my mom at her job, like having a complete meltdown, like in the bathroom stall. Like I cannot do this anymore. Like I can't handle it. This isn't for me. And basically my mom was like, cause I go to her for everything. Basically she was like, Alicia, look, you're smart. You have a college degree. You've never had an issue making money. So if you feel like you can't do this anymore, then don't do it. And like, that was the little push that I needed to be like, all right, I quit. Um, so I, I went back and I think I went back like the next day and I put in my two weeks notice. Cause I was like, I, I, I can't do this. And I felt like I was at the point where I had to choose my sanity over, you know, money. And I I wasn't going to let some job drive me insane. And I was already at the point where I already wanted to spend most of my time making jewelry. I was already fascinated with blogging and, you know, the whole blogging community and, and finding support within that itself. So I was already at the point that I wanted to leave, I guess I just really had to wait till I hit that breaking point. And I, you know, those breaking points come so quickly for so many. And, you know, I talk to people all the time. I survey people and that is like one of the main things that I hear so many people say, like, I have an idea, there's something I want to do, uh, but I'm afraid to leave my job. <laughs> Even though I freaking hate it, it gives me nightmares. But, you know, the reality is we have to hold on to those paychecks Exactly. Uh, because we have bills to pay. I mean, I know I can't go call my mom and, and be like, hey, can you give me some rent money? Because that's a no. Right. <laughs> so, right. you know, I, I really try to balance these conversations with being realistic about just the realities of life and what people have to do, but also kind of showing people like there's things to inspire you and, and you can aspire to do some of these things that my guests are doing. So. You know, I'm so glad that you shared that and that you decided that, you know, your your sanity and your health was worth more to you and that you would take the the risk and take the leap and just kind of see how it works out. Because you you mentioned it earlier when you were introducing yourself, like fear is such a huge, huge roadblock for so many people. Like they're not even getting off the ground floor because fear has just consumed them. And I I just knew, like, even beyond, like, before that, that little incident, I knew that me waking up every single morning and being in tears as I was getting ready to go to work, that's not how somebody is supposed to live their life. Like, I watched my family members, I've watched people my entire life sit in positions that they couldn't stand but had to stay there because they needed the money. Like you said, it's not easy for people to just up and quit their job and expect life to continue to go on as it is like that's not easy and I just knew for myself I could not that's not the life I was built to live and whether I had to sit there and starve a little bit or you know stop going out with my friends for a little while until I got back up on my feet it was going to be worth it because I was not going to let that job that situation being miserable like put me in an early grave like that was not going to happen and because of that, I mean, we're here, we're, we're having exactly. these conversations and you're doing amazing things with your business. So 
Um, let's talk a little bit about that. So I, one of the reasons why I wanted to have you on the show, besides the fact that I love your brand and I, I love what you're doing is I want to talk about what you're doing with self-publishing because so many people want to write a book or they, they feel like they want to be an author or they feel like they have a book in them, but I think they're intimidated. They don't know where to start. They don't know how to do it. But with what we have going on on the internet, with Amazon, all of these print-on-demand companies, it's not really that difficult any longer to become a self-published author. I mean, it's fairly simple and a straightforward process. So uh, I know you're currently writing a new book. Can you give us some insight and some details on that? Yeah, so like you said, self-publishing, it's a lot easier than what people may seem. Um, I think whenever whenever someone wants to write a book or, you know, write some type of like physical product or workbook, they automatically think that they have to put together like some big book proposal. They have to find an agent. Um, and if they don't get, you know, chosen by an agent or, you know, some big publishing company that it's not possible. But um, yeah, I found ways around being able to do that. Um, and there's plenty of ways that you can get your words out into the masses without, you know, waiting for that big book deal. Um, but my next book um, is going to be book number two. It's called Living Over Existing. And it's completely different from my first book, which was all about turning your blog into a business. Um, so this one is going to be about what we just talked about on this interview, really, um, just how much fear affects our dreams and affects our success. So a lot of people, you know, think that what stops them from pursuing their creative business is the fact that they don't know how to start a business. But we currently live in a world where you have Google, you have tons of courses, eBooks, coaches that can show you the how. But what I've discovered with working one-on-one with my clients is typically it's not the how that stops people from pursuing, you know, their new business idea. Typically, it's a lot of those mental blocks like fear and anxiety and um, comparison and self-doubt. So my next book is going to focus on a lot of those mental blocks rather than the how to start a business, because if you can't get past the fear or the self-doubt, all of the how-tos of, you know, going from idea to business isn't going to matter because you're, you're not going to be at the place mentally where you can make those type of things happen. So I don't have a release date for it yet, but <laughs> it's coming <laughs> slowly, but surely. <laughs> well, you know, I think that what you just said is spot on. The mind, mindset stuff is huge it, and making like important mindset shifts into how to execute things and, and how to feel comfort, comfortable with failure versus success. That is such a huge thing. So what do you what do you tell your clients when they have an amazing idea? I mean, they have all of the pieces, but they're just stuck that that mental block is in the way. Yeah. I simply ask them, there's two things. First, I ask them, okay, well, what's holding you back? And then they're usually like, oh, I don't have the money or I don't know how to grow my email list. And I'm like, no, no, homegirl. Like, what's what's really holding you back? Like, if you had all the money and know-how in the world, like, what else is stopping you from pursuing this thing? And that's usually after we have to, you know, talk and see 
what's deeper, what's the deeper issue or what's the root of them not starting? And usually it's, oh, you know, I haven't started yet because my uncle had a business that failed and I don't want to fail. Okay, that's your uncle's business. This is your business. You don't have to make the same mistakes he made. Or, you know, the biggest one is there's so many other people, you know, doing the same things that I'm doing. Well, they're not doing it like you. So we're we're over that now. (laughs) So it's really just digging deeper into what the real issue is and then making them realize that your mind can be both a gift and a curse. Yes. So oh, I yes. say that all the time. Yes. I'm like, mom, I am my greatest resource, but also my greatest enemy. <laughs> yeah. Like what, what else would give you this big idea to turn it into a business and then in a split second tell you you can't do it? Exactly. Like, <laughs> give you a whole sermon on why yeah. that's not possible for you. <laughs> yes, but it's like, dude, you just gave me the idea. <laughs> <laughs> So, yeah, it's really just digging deep and then making them realize, like, your mind is literally playing tricks on you right now. And you have to be in a space and say, okay, yes, I feel this fear, but fear is normal. It it doesn't have to hold me back. I tell people all the time, fear is just an emotion. Fear cannot jump up, smack you in the face, punch you. It's, it's literally just an emotion. And just like you get through happiness, you go through sadness and all these other different emotions, you're going to get through fear too. You're not going to wake up the same way. So you really just have to realize that I, I'm not going to let me let this hold me back. And even if I feel it does, I'm going to give myself 10 reasons why I can push forward, you know? And, you know, self-preservation is a basic human instinct. Like we want to protect ourselves at all costs. And that's, you have to really get real and honest with yourself when the fear starts popping up. Because like you said, your mind one second will be like, this idea is amazing. You should totally do it. And then the next minute you're like, no, that's not for you. But that is just like your, your mind, your self-conscious trying to, or your subconscious trying to protect you. I mean, your mind is that your subconscious mind is a vehicle for protection first. Like the fight or flight response is real. So your mind is trying to protect you at all costs. But sometimes that cost is you pursuing something that you actually really like. Like it could be a wonderful idea. It could help thousands of people. It could help five people. doesn't matter how many. Um, the fact that like it's helpful and somebody needs it. It's, you totally should do it. Exactly. Exactly. And I, I tell people too, to... Make sure you're recognizing what type of fear you're feeling, because there's two types. There's the type that is supposed to save your life. So you're walking into a burning house. That fear is telling you to walk back out. And then there's that fear that's telling you, no, that that fear is just or that business idea is just too big. I can't do this. That's the fear that's just trying to hold you back. So you really have to get clear on the type of fear you're feeling and, and ask yourself, okay, is this really trying to protect me or am I just tripping? <laughs> so I want to circle back to something that you said a little bit ago when you were saying that a lot of people get stuck on, but there's 10,000 other authors and there's 10,000 other coaches and there's 5,000 other e-commerce stores that sell t-shirt. You know, the comparison trap is real. There's way, I, I, you know, social media is both a blessing and a curse. On one hand, I mean, we can connect with people 
that we haven't connected with in ages. We can connect to people that we've met one time at a random conference. But at the same time, like it gives us this filtered that I don't think a lot of people pay attention to. It's a filtered view into somebody else's life. And I mean, everybody is curating the heck out of their Instagrams and their Snapchats and all of their different feeds and just showing us the best. I mean, most people are. There are some that are showing us things that they don't need to. But the majority of people are showing us their their highs and like the best of their situations. And so many other people are caught up in, like, I can't do this because Alicia does it better. And if I do it, like somebody's going to think I'm a fraud or I'm a copycat, like (laughs) nobody cares. Sometimes when people tell me that, I just want to be like, but nobody cares. And that's not to say I don't care about your idea that you're expressing to me. But what I'm saying is like other people don't care. Like nobody's sitting there ready at the, the moment that you post that photo to Instagram or the moment that you put your website up to be like, nah, son. Um, somebody else already did this idea and they did it better. Like there's nobody there waiting to tell you that. Exactly. And I I tell people too, like there are a million and one doctors in this world, but that doesn't stop people from going going to medical school. Exactly. (laughs) Like teachers love to teach and you know, there's a thousand teachers, but I still know plenty of people who are going to school to be a teacher. Like you can't let that stop you. And just because I'm doing it one way and, you know, the next coach is doing it another way doesn't mean that you're going to do it the exact same way. So you have each and every one of us has something special and unique about us that no matter if we're doing the exact same things, we're going to run our brands differently. We're going to target two different types of people. The way I teach it is going to be different from the way you teach it. So you sitting there, you're just wasting time saying, oh, they're doing it, too, because they're going to keep doing it while you're sitting there wondering what else you can do differently. (laughs) Exactly. So I know a lot of what you do, besides what you do with your your coaching, you do a lot of writing. So from, you know, the current book that you're working on, I know you blog quite a bit. How do you stay consistent as a writer? Like, how do you set your day so that you're able to get enough writing in on top of all of the other things that you have to do? Oh, girl, grace, not perfection. <laughs> <laughs> no, but uh, for like the written blog content, I try my best to plan in advance. So typically on a good month, um, right before the month starts, I sit down with my editorial calendar and I usually have like a revolving list of ideas that at some point I want to write about. So before the month even starts, I try my best to write down all the content on my calendar that I want to create. And then I also go through and I outline each one as well. So not fully writing it, but at least getting out some of the main points. So when I do sit down to write it, I don't have to think too hard. I just put it together. Um, So I try to just really plan in advance as much as possible because I've learned that if I'm trying to do a million things in one day or if I have too many deadlines, I get overwhelmed. And when I get overwhelmed, I just take a nap and nothing gets done. <laughs> so really, for me, like my saving grace has really been planning in advance. Um, as far as like free writing and writing this book, um, still grace, giving myself a lot of grace. Um, I'm learning that I'm not one of those people who can say, okay, at Tuesday at four o'clock, I'm going to sit down and I'm going to work on this book. I have to kind of feel it. 
I guess you can say, or right when I feel like I have something to say. Um, so take today, for example, I was actually supposed to be working on a class that I'm taking. And instead, I woke up this morning and was like, you know what, I feel like writing. So I just kind of like crossed that out of my planner. And I went and sat at Starbucks for a few hours and wrote. So it's it's for free writing and working on this book. It's really just been forming my own habit of being okay with putting some stuff to the side just so I can get out my thoughts while they're still fresh in my head. So I can't really plan that part out. But as far as like my videos, my blog posts, all of that, um, that's a little bit easier for me to plan out in advance. Do you feel because you, you blog, you do Instagram, now you're doing uh, the Elise Nicole TV on YouTube. Do you feel a pressure to be everywhere and try to stay ahead of the trends and and create for all of the platforms? Not as much as I used to. So I would say a few months ago, I was like burnt out trying to create content. Maybe not even a few months ago. It was when like the whole Periscope thing got like really, really big. And yeah, and I was like, oh my gosh, I have to do this because everybody else is doing it. And trying to do that and keep up with blogging and everything else I had going on it really made me feel burnt out um but I've I've learned that I need to stick with what feels good to me and also to stick with where the majority of my audience is um the majority of my audience does consistently read my blog um the majority of my audience is on Instagram and on Twitter So I need to kind of cultivate those places um, and also like my newsletter as well before I can venture out into other things. Um, And even if I do hop on Periscope or hop on like Facebook Live, it's going to be when I want to and not because somebody else is telling me that's what I should be doing. So, yeah, like a few months ago, I I really felt the pressure to the point where I took off all of like last December off just because I just I couldn't even do it anymore (laughs) but yeah like now I feel like I've gotten into a good groove where it's like you know what I love the blog I like creating video even though it gives me a headache Um, I'm just gonna stick with what I know for now and if I do feel the need to expand anymore then I'll do it when I'm ready so as as somebody who is managing writing a book um, you're just day-to-day business operations and those type of things. So, I mean, you have a ton of things going on, a lot of projects. How do you protect your energy? That's a good question. (laughs) I force myself to stop. Um, And I force myself to start slow, if that makes sense. Um, I also went through like a, a really big purge too, as far as the content I was consuming so I cut back on watching people's periscopes I unsubscribed from a ton of newsletters I quit reading like a ton of blogs and like watching YouTubes just because I felt like it was sucking the energy out of me and that I couldn't concentrate on my own work um and then I also I start my mornings off with like my morning devotional so it's like me reading and like journaling and praying and things like that when I first wake up in the morning instead of rolling over and scrolling through Twitter for an hour. Um, This year, probably the best thing I've done is making sure I give myself a legit day off. 
um, during the week, whether that be Sunday or Tuesday or whatever day, like I'm talking like legit day off, sitting in my pajamas all day, catching up on shows like on my DVR. <laughs> so giving myself a day off and then also to try to cut off work at a decent hour. Um, when my fiance comes home, I actually, you know, enjoy talking to him before he goes to bed. So I try to be present in that moment, um, reading a book instead of scrolling through, you know, Instagram. Instagram or Twitter and just making those moments for myself have been everything for me the past few months. Life changing. I mean, we have to make plenty of time to recharge. So many people, creative people, people who have a lot of projects and, and side hustlers and everything, like they're trying to do all of the things and all of the things at one time. And I feel like in so many ways, self-care takes a huge step back. And that's even been something that I've been hugely focused on this year is like my health. Um, There's like a quote, I think, by the Dalai Lama that says something to the effect of like, man um, will will risk his health for money. And then when he gets the money, use that money to kind of regain his health. And I feel like that's such a true statement because... I mean, we spend so much time feeling like we have to work. Like, I don't know if you do, but there were periods, I'm better about it now, but there were periods where, like, I always felt like you can't go anywhere because you have work to do. You have work to do. You can't do this. Like, you got work to do. You can't go hang out with your friends or you can't go to the gym because you have work to do. Like, how are you going to finish this work? But I started realizing, like, if I stayed home, I still wasn't finishing the work. So it didn't really matter. (laughs) Right. No, I I feel like that exact same way still now (laughs) when it's not like my normal day off. It's like, yeah, I really want to go eat, but mm, I still have work to do. Or, yeah, I would love to take a vacation. But, you know, what's going to happen to my business when I come back? It's going to be, you know, up in flames or something crazy. So, yeah, I, I still feel like that workers or hustlers guilt, even even now on the days that I do take off. I'm sitting there like, oh my gosh, I'm just watching TV. I could definitely be, you know, outlining some blog posts or scheduling social media. But it's like, girl, turn your brain off and relax. (laughs) You really have to figure out how to strike that balance between working enough and uh, just kind of doing your own thing, which makes me reminds me of something I saw earlier today. It was on Twitter and somebody asked the question, like, do you want a lifestyle business or do you want a scalable business? And as mm. I sat there and I was like, ooh, that's a good question. That and is good. I started thinking about it and I was like, no, I definitely want a lifestyle business. Like I, I want my mm-hmm. business to flow around me and the things that I like. I don't want to necessarily feel like I have to work and always try to be ahead to try to scale it and grow it more because that just kind of takes over your life. And I definitely know I am not one of those creatives that, you know, some people go into like course launch mode or book writing mode and they're like, I'm doing like 18 days. And I'm like, yo, I took seven naps today. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So, you know, I definitely think that I am a lifestyle business creative and not a scalable business creative. I mean, like if it makes a million dollars, great. If it doesn't make a million dollars, that's still fine, too. 
Right. Like I became an entrepreneur because I don't like wearing clothes and I don't like being told to do. So why would I start a business that forces me to do things that I really don't want to do? You know, like if if I want to go out and write this book on a beach, I want to be able to do that without worrying about oh my gosh, am I missing like these emails or is, you know, my, my launch going perfectly or whatever. Like I legit just want to live my best life and just so happens making money doing it. <laughs> yes. Yes. I agree 100%. So what do you feel at this point? You've been doing this for a couple of years. You kind of found your groove. What has been your keys to success? Oh my gosh. Um, I definitely will say connection. So connection between me and the people that I do this for. So like my, my audience or my target audience. Um, I feel like there are just so many, you know, businesses who throw information at you and tell you you should be doing this and you should be doing that, but there's no real connection in between. Like, who are you to tell me that I should be doing this? Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, you don't even know who these people are personally. So I feel like me just being real vulnerable and not being afraid to tell all my business and look crazy a little bit um, has definitely helped me to build that connection between me and my audience. Like I'm told all the time that I'm like that homegirl that, you know, just so happens can get you right in your business. And I love that because when I was just starting out and I was stalking Google, all of the, you know, articles and things that I found were all written by people that I could not relate to at all. So if I have, you know, a good launch going well, I want to show you exactly what it took to get to that point. Or I want to show you, yeah, my first business actually did fail, but look where it's brought me. And I want to show you the the sunny side, but also the real side as well. And I think that is what's really helped me to connect with my audience. Like I don't have a lot large audience by no means compared to, you know, some other online entrepreneurs, but the people who do follow me, the people who are in my community, I feel like I've shown them enough of myself to where they can trust me. They trust the content I create and they trust the, you know, the resources I create as well. So definitely connection and storytelling. Ooh, let's, Mm -hmm. let's kind of talk about that. I know we're kind of getting towards the end, but I know you have your, we didn't even talk about like your your blog planners, your mm-hmm. artist storytelling journal, but mm-hmm. I know that you're really big on storytelling. So mm-hmm. let's say somebody wanted to start blogging and they wanted to get started on the right foot. What were, what are a few things you would tell them, you know, in regards to telling their story? Yeah. So I would definitely say, first of all, make sure you're really clear on who you want to target. Because there are some certain parts of your story that are necessary, that are unnecessary for you to tell. So you need to be telling what's going to be relevant to your audience and what's going to help them through some of their biggest pain points. Like for me, let's say my audience is, you know, struggling with starting their business. So a lot of me telling my story is how my first business sucked and how I thought I could brand once I got some money and how I, you know, I didn't know branding was so perfect or had to be perfect. Um, So I would say, make sure you know who your audience is. I wouldn't sit here and tell my audience about that one time my boyfriend broke up with me and, you know, it has absolutely nothing to do with starting a business like that's irrelevant. So I would definitely say, depending on the brand you're building, depending on the person you want to target, 
that's the pieces of your story that you need to be focusing on. Not to say you can't get on Instagram and, you know, show your latest pickup at Target, but that shouldn't be what all of your content is about. Um, also, too, if you're struggling with thinking of content and you're like, Alicia, I don't know who my target audience is. How am I supposed to help them? Start with where you were just two to three years ago um, and kind of tell your story through that. So I always say your target audience is just a few years behind where you are now. So you you want to provide them with that advice. So those resources of what you wish you would have known a few years ago or what you wish somebody would have told you. Um, that's where like a lot of my content came from, too. Like I wish somebody would explain how you know important Brandon was. So now I feel like I need to go back and make sure none of my audience makes those same mistakes. So definitely use right, what you simply wish you would have had. Um, and use that as a way to, you know, create that content and to tell your story as well. Ooh, that's really solid advice, especially um, about how to filter your story to tailor it to your branding and your content. That's so important because, you know, you do need to be um, the word that they like to use online is authentic, but you also have to know when to pull it back. Like everything can't be shared. I mean, you can share whatever you want, but not everything helps forward your goals and and build your brand. So you have to be really careful about how you curate your own story. Exactly. And if you're trying to teach me about doing yoga, I don't care about your baby daddy and what he did yesterday. (laughs) Like like, that's legit your business. (laughs) Teach me how to get my yoga to right. Like, teach me how you, or tell me how you embarrassed yourself in your first yoga class. Like, give me that piece of your story. Everything else, I'm just like, all right, girl, you're crossing the line. Like, I don't need to know all this. <laughs> it's, it's not relevant. So you, yeah. as a uh, potential client, you don't care. And that, I mean, everything is about what's in it for me. I mean, right. it, it's it's sad to say, but I have to tell people that all the time when they're writing blog posts or asking me, like, what am I doing wrong with my blog? I'm like, you're not writing stuff that people are searching for. Like, Nobody exactly. knows who you are, so they don't care what's going on in your personal life. Maybe to a degree, after you have a little bit of audience, you can share a bit more. But in the beginning, when you're trying to build the audience, nobody cares. They just want to know what is in this for me. Exactly. And I think that's a good point, too, because I feel like the blogging industry has changed so much from when I first started. So when I first started, it was legit like people just had online diaries and nobody was really, you know, really trying to monetize or especially not the way that we do now. But if it's like if you really just want to share, you know, the ups and downs of your life, you can do that. Like you you don't have to monetize. You don't have to turn your blog into a business if you don't want to. But if you do want to, then now is definitely the time for you to be a little bit more strategic as to what you're putting out there into the world. Exactly. And that's a really fair point. So we're getting to the end and I love to end this show with two questions. So. Uh, the first one is the Pimp Your Brilliance Action Challenge. So what are your top three tips for someone who is interested in blogging? Or since we talked about, you know, writing their own books, what is what would you tell somebody who wants to get started writing? I would say to definitely make sure you know who your audience is. So we, we talked about this before. Definitely make sure you know who it is that you're writing to or creating for. Um, because if you know them, like the back of your hand, 
writing content, coming up with a good idea you'll have no problem with. Um, two, make sure you are building a solid brand, meaning make sure what you're creating is going to help you to be known in a specific industry. Not saying that you can't, you know, expand further than that later on, but make sure that what you're putting out there right now is what you want to be known for. Um, and three, I would say you just got to write. Like nobody starts out being, you know, the perfect writer. Um, you you have to put yourself out there. You have to absolutely stay consistent. Actually, can I put consistency as number one? <laughs> like you you have to be consistent. Like nobody got anywhere in the blogging industry and in the online entrepreneurs, whatever it is that you consider yourself doing, you have to be consistent. You can't just write one day and say, oh, this didn't work. I'm never doing it again because it takes work. Like you literally have to keep doing this even when you feel like nobody is listening. Um, So you have to find different ways for your voice to be heard. So definitely just stay consistent. Keep writing. I love to tell people you do not reach your goals doing your work only on the days that you feel like it. Like you have to do it even on the days that you don't want to, even the days that, you know, everything everything's hitting the fan, nothing is working, you still have to put in some effort because you just don't reach your goals and you don't live your best life only doing work on the days that it's easy. Exactly. And that's another point I want to make real quick is why it's really important for you to know your why behind what you do. Because if you don't know your why, if you don't know like the bigger reason or purpose, it's going to be hard to show up every day to do this work because <laughs> it's going to be days when you're like, girl, I just don't want to, but your why, like your bigger purpose is what's going to keep you going. So if you don't know anything else, get clear on why you do this, who you do it for, because that'll take you a long way. Yes. And I think those were three really solid pieces of advice. So I hope you guys took notes because Alicia is, is dropping gems over here. So my final question is about books. Uh, what are you currently reading or what have you read recently that blew your mind? Or what are your favorite books? Yeah. Oh, my gosh. So right now, um, I was reading like two other books. But right now, I dropped all of those because Jen Sincero uh, just released her newest book, You Are a Badass at Making Money. Oh, my God. I just got it, too. Yes. I love it. Girl, I'm on chapter four, like, mind blown. <laughs> So her first book, You Are a Badass, like literally changed my life. Like if you're looking for a good self-help book that's like not really self-helpish and like is real down to earth advice, definitely pick You Are a Badass up and then go read You Are a Badass at Making Money. So those definitely two of my favorites. Um, Another one that I kind of go back to is... Oh, gosh, of course, now I'm going to have like a brain fart. Um, You are a writer. So I can't think of the author's name now, but she basically just breaks down how to use your writing and how to build a a platform um, based on your writing. So that was a really good it's real practical advice. But the way she writes It's not like boring and structured like you would think it is. Like she has like a lot of sense of humor added into it. So that's one of my favorite books on writing. Um, 
I know a lot of people say they don't like it, but I like girl boss. Girl boss is really, I know. Girl boss is really one of my my faves that I've read in the past like year or so. Um, but yeah, I would say that's it because I could talk about books literally. That would be a whole nother podcast. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know what? Maybe we'll have you back on the show to do some discussions about books and to discuss um, you are bad at making money because. Yeah. I I am so jazzed about it. Just even in the first, I, I'm in chapter two. Mm-hmm. Um, it's, it's approachable. It's fun language. I mean, she just knocks it out the park, and she makes this topic that so many people are really uncomfortable about discussing simple, and it makes a lot of sense. and And it's practical advice. So uh, we'll definitely have to have you back so we can discuss this. How can listeners get in contact with you? Yeah, so you can find me um, at com. So that's kind of like HQ. Um, I'm at Nicole on literally all social media networks. Um, so you can find the Alicia Nicole on YouTube. Um, also, Alicia Nicole TV on iTunes as well. Um, but yeah, just literally Google the Alicia Nicole and I'm hoping I pop up first. I hope. <laughs> All right. And if anybody has any questions about uh, the books and uh, all of her social network stuff, they'll be in the show notes that you can check at the bottom of this episode. So, Alicia, thank you so much for coming on here, for sharing your insights, for letting us know your story. I I really love what you're doing. And so it, it was a great pleasure to have you share with us. And that's it for this week's episode. Thanks so much for listening. Learn more about this show and get access to show notes by visiting keepchasingthestars.com. While you're there, make sure you subscribe for updates. I'll be back next week. And in the meantime, go out there and pimp your brilliance.